So that pink stuffed bear is back again. The one-eyed monster. There's mysterious biohazard guys moving the pink stuffed bear from poolside. And they are now moving the actual items because remember, it's been glasses and the bear and books and all of the kind of stuff that's been put into plastic bags and set aside as evidence. The biohazard guys are moving the pink stuffed bear from the poolside. They walk out to the front of the house. And they walk past what appears to be Walter's car. There also appears to be a hell of a lot of bullet holes in the windshield. Matter of fact, fuck it. The front windshield of the vehicle has been smashed. And right next to the car, you look over to the left. (laughs) There's two body bags next to it in the driveway. In a body bag. Yeah. Welcome to Blood, Meth, and Tears. That's Brandon. That's Scar. That's Joe. And I'm Derek. We're never going to do a Cobra Kai podcast, right? We'll do one after we do the wire. You, you know what? You get a choice next. Kid. Your choice is next, literally. I've never I'm, seen my, Karate Kid. Mine is Black Mirror. I got mine. Black you know Mirror. what? I just watched the greatest episode of Black no, Mirror. No, we can't again. do Black Mirror. I thought we had set established guidelines that we, that we can't, can't do anything as ongoing. It's been like years since the last fucking season, bro. The last season just came out. I know, it's but it's been right years now. in between. It's been years in between. Like we we got time, especially we still got to get through this. But the greatest yeah, episode, the greatest episode of Black Mirror, is the SS Callister. No, it's the entire history of you. Also good. That is the that is my favorite. Uh, I think um, the White Christmas is really good. Um. Because just like how all of that shit turns out, it's just like what the fuck. But um, but yeah. And then also, I gotta give a shout out to my man, um, um, Dan Trachtenberg. He did, uh, he did play test. I used to watch Dan Trachtenberg do the Totally Rad show, and then he started doing movies and shit like that. He did um, Ten Cloverfield Lane. He did the first episode of The Boys. And a few other things. So, shout out to that dude. So, Walter, the day after he finds out that he's not going to die, he's not going to die, he's not going to shed a tear. When he found out he was just her lover and her secretary. Secretary. <laughs> <laughs> She doesn't say that. <laughs> she I mean, says secretary. I've listened to it on the show. She did not but say that. But I mean, it's. I mean, the, my, I'm doing the Cedric the Entertainer bit. Like she, she it ain't even. It ain't even got to be that no bit. She says secretary. secretary.
You're sick of turp. Working every day of the week. She meant that part. I was your lover and your secretary. You really put this in on. Fine, I'll skip forward. She sounded like she had gold up in her mouth when she said that. That's a gold front sentence. No, she couldn't feel her teeth because of the cocaine. (laughs) (laughs) The cocaine? What? (laughs) What cocaine? (laughs) Mary was way, her and Casey was about that drug life. Really? Yes. That's the reason why they could. That's the reason why the two of them couldn't last together because they were about that drug life. So what you saying was the actual lyrics was, "I was your lover (laughs) and your cocaine furry." (laughs) (laughs) I mean, she got she got her life together, but no, back in those days, she was on all the drugs. They were. I mean, her and Casey were 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 Bobby and Whitney before Bobby and Whitney. Them single relationships, they ain't all they cracked up to be, is they? But I'm, you know what? I'm glad that KC got clean because they're they're on a tour right now. And the clips that I've seen from the tour, he actually got his voice back. Um, and he, you know, he seems like he's doing real well for himself. So that's that's really good because I mean, he did at least he didn't lose his voice like Cisco did because Cisco sounds hard now. Both Baltimore niggas. Yeah, sounds about right. Baltimore niggas. Cisco was amazing. He was amazing. He was a, he, that dude went all out with his songs. I mean this this nigga did a song, his most popular song. He says the exact same thing four times. He doesn't change any of it. He just says it in different ways. But, but I mean, but he says I mean, the exact same thing four times. But I mean, in his defense, in his defense, it was his first song, my nigga. <laughs> he see, he sings. He sings it three times and then he talks it out one time. He says yes, he's the same. In his defense, my guy, he's walking through the mall, minding his own business, and then three things happen to change his life. One, ooh, that dress is so scandalous. I bet another nigga couldn't handle this. I can, but they could. Is that a is that a is that a thong? Nigga. Now was that? He ran home four times. Same song, four <laughs> times. Same verse. Woody, I saw this dress, dog. Why are you telling me about a dress, Cisco? No, listen, listen, my nigga. It was so scandalous. I swear, another nigga couldn't handle it. Ah, uh, he does say the same thing four fucking times. 
and the then makes a dancing is- pyramid. The nigga literally made a floating pyramid <laughs> off his love of the thong. This, this nigga is doing motherfucking wire tricks, bruh, in the fucking video. He like, is doing crouching tiger hidden dragon shit for the thong. <laughs> Oh my goodness, nigga. I, yo. I, 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 but the, the talking part, though, is what gets me because you would think that he would say something different. No, he said the exact same thing. He's just talking it out this time. But it's like, nigga, I don't know if you hear me. Nigga, I don't know if you hear me. Nigga. But he also I don't know does if you some hear yelling. Me. He says, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, no, no. But the nigga literally screams, I don't think you heard me. I don't think you heard me. <laughs> No, he heard you. But like the fact that I didn't even realize he said the same thing over and over again until maybe about four or five years ago. I had no idea. Yo, press. I not paid. I never paid any attention. Tell me, baby. You just started singing our body parts. That might be worse than that. Might be. We should do that on a Patreon. Between we should do thong song versus in those jeans. Which one is more ridiculous? Thong song. I don't know. Thong song. I don't know if it's more ridiculous. Not only is it a ridiculous ass line, but the nigga literally doubles down on it four times. And then just goes into anatomy as his bridge. There's a point in the song where Genuine's not talking about inside of the jeans. He's just talking about the jeans. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> At least the thong is like closer to the goal, quote unquote. He's just talking about some jeans. I mean, but have you seen Soleil? If you tell me I can you, see you know, a bad you know, one you know in a thong to, and a bad one in jeans. It isn't genuine. Bad one in thong. No, they, they're divorced. She is married to Professor Griff. Oh wow, that's 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 militant. Yeah. He says Tell me if there's any more room for me in those jeans. This is a ridiculous song. The thong yeah. song's pretty ridiculous, too. We should do that on Patreon. That'd be a good one. A versus. Oh, I thought we were going to do I got, I got a Man next whenever we did that. We are. Yeah. So when we get to that, we're going to do I Got a Man. But we're supposed to do this. And we're, this is supposed to be the 35. So. So. Yeah. So this nigga wakes up and looks at his hand. Yeah, it's probably broken. To bust my shit up. Knuckles all fat and shit. Knuckles all fat and shit. <laughs> Higher learning for the people who didn't know. Buster Rhymes was Buster Rhymes was one hundred percent Buster Rhymes in that movie. That nigga was so overdramatic on that shit, though. I don't knuckles all fat and shit. <sighs> Shaves his head. We see that the tap water is looking a little bit flint. Skyler tells Walter, "Get the fuck back in bed. I want you to take the rest of the week off in preparation for a party that weekend." Um, she's like, bonus points if you take a goddamn nap. She leaves her work and she insists that he takes it easy while he's while she's gone. Which, you know, he thinks about that for a second. And then he calls Jesse and he's like, Yeah, I want to meet. They meet up at a diner, not at the gas station, not at the shop and go. 
<laughs> Not at the magazine section. They've matured. Walter tells Jesse the good news about his remission, and Jesse is literally ecstatic. Jesse has been in Walter's corner this entire time, which is fucking adorable. They discuss the future of their business, and Walter's like, yo, after we finish cooking our current supply, I just want to quit, which is fine because that'll leave them each with $634,000. The party happens. Party doesn't start till Walt walks in. Probably won't leave until the thing ends. Uh, Skyler thanks everybody for their support and also sends a shout out to Gretchen and Elliot Schwartz for their uh, their assistance. That's important. Walter gives a toast and he's like, you know, when I got cancer, I was like, why me? And then when I went into remission, I thought the same exact thing. Which is a very deep statement. And if I can for a second, when my son had open heart surgery and he made it through and folks were telling me about how God blessed him and how God saw favor in him. I got mad that they were saying that God blessed him with something that they didn't give my homeboy scar. I was mad that they gave, that they said, God bless my son with something that they didn't give my niece. I was mad that they said that they gave my son something that they didn't give a lot of people whose kids didn't even get a chance to get at all. I've always thought that statement was weird. It's so, it's so fucking elitist. Yeah. I always thought that was so weird. I I never say that. It I'm is like, such that's... a fucking elitist statement to say God has blessed you. God has favored you. God is all these things. Well, these kids who are locked up in cages, God ain't favoring them. Oh, and no, people, that's that's how other people, people get better. It's even worse than like even that is kind of an emotional health thing, which is bad enough. But it's even worse when people do it with like jobs and money. Mm-hmm. And they'd be like, oh, you're so blessed. Like, you know, you make six figures. You're so blessed. And I'm like. I'm smart. <laughs> you're trying to, so you're trying, if you're saying that, like when people say that, I think they think they're they're making like they think they're making religion sound good, but it, it makes it sound bad. Like really it, selfish. It, it makes it sound like you're saying, like, oh, he gave you like all this money so you can enjoy these lives, but like the people outside your door, fuck them. <laughs> they don't get that. They gotta suffer. It was always very well. I'm with you on that. Now that you said that. It's never sat right with me. People will say it and I'll be like, did he though? Like, I don't know. A woman literally looked at me when I told her about my son about to have a surgery. And she was like, I know somebody else whose son didn't make it through it, but you'll make it through it because God has a plan for you and your family. I absolutely hate that. I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm Mr. I'm not religious at all. And I'm, I'm very much anti-Christian, but like the fact that like you say that God has a plan for you, plan is static. God has a purpose for your life. It doesn't have a plan for your life. It's not, it's, it's not an order my steps situation as the, as the old folks sing it. He has a purpose. You have a reason to be here and you grow into figuring out what that reason is, but to say it's a plan means that you don't have free will. 
Mm-hmm. Which is the opposite of what it really is. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's my moment. Sorry. So No, that's a good moment. That's a good point. If you ever walk up to me and you tell me that God has blessed me and you see a blank stare, just know that you brought it upon yourself. That's all I'm saying. Walt, Hank, and Flynn are sitting poolside during the party and nobody's fucking paying attention to them. But while they're uh, back there, uh, Hank tells Flynn about the cartel bombing. And Hank is back in his stupid racist element. Like stupid, stupid. But because there's nobody left to call him on him being stupid because they're either dead or legless and he's with his family, he can go back to being the big king of shit mountain and talk shit about Tortuga. I think that means tortoise. I don't really know. It's beaner speak. Like, get the fuck out of my face, Hank. You didn't learn any humility from what you went through down there when you didn't know shit. You didn't learn a goddamn thing. For real, fam, that's real dangerous. When you're faced with your fucking mortality because you don't know something, when you're facing a situation where your brothers won't back you up because you don't know how to do something and you have the opportunity to grow and change, you come back to your own safety of your own home where you can grow and change and you just double the fuck down. But anyway. Flynn is uh, very involved in the story of the cartel bombing. And Walt looks at Flynn looking at Hank and he just leans over and pour- actually Hank is like, hey, top me off with a with a shot. Walt, be a good guy. Top me off with a shot of tequila. All right. No problem. I'll pour you a shot. Pour me a shot. You know what? I'm going to pour him a little something, too. My, my son, I'm going to pour him a little something, too. We're just going to toast on this real quick. It ain't nothing. Clink, clink. Ha, ha. Go ahead and take a drink. You stumble a little bit. You like, Ugh. we say you're going to get some hair on your chest. That's that. Walt pours this nigga another shot. Hank is like, thank you when he pours a shot for him. But when he pours another shot for Flynn, he's like, "Mm." but Walt is more annoyed that Flynn looks to Hank for assistance in this situation instead of nigga, I poured you the drink and I'm your daddy. You going to take this fucking shot. So Flynn being of a. 16-year-old mind who's watching his dad act way out of character takes no, the shot. His, his dad is acting way in character. Not yeah, in front, not for Flynn. We know, no. For what we know. For what but we know. I we're not talking about for what we know. Flynn does not know this character at all. He's acting extremely out of character. Flynn is shook. So he's going to take this shot to try and calm down the situation. The first shot the- was fine. I was. I didn't think anything was weird there. Because I see parents do that shit all the time. You got a 16-year-old son. Oh, you know, have a shot. You know, at a, you know, we're celebrating. Have a, have a, he didn't even pour that much. He poured a very little bit in there. Have, have a little taste of this alcohol. Like, that was normal. And then when he poured the other one, I was like, what the fuck? What, what is he doing? Like, what is he doing? Yeah, you was with Hank. Like, what the fuck you doing? Because Hank was, you know, Hank was bro, you know, bro-manning the first one. Oh, look, look at you growing up, like, you know, like you would do. Getting like, that oh, hair on your chest. And then that second one, Hank was like, uh... 
What the and fuck did you notice the, the the size of the shots got bigger and bigger? Second was a double. The third one was a triple. Yeah. The third one was a triple. And before he pours the third one, Hank sees what's going on. And Hank's like looking at him like, you know, I'm a fucking cop, right? And you literally giving an underage kid alcohol in front of me. Right. But Walt's like, motherfucking, give me the bottle back. He goes full Heisenberg. It's my son. It's my house. It's my house. And it's my son. And it's my booze. Give me the fucking bottle back, Hank. Walt gets in this nigga's face with zero fear. Negative three. None. None. He's full Heisenberg right now. Mm-hmm. Like, like the, just the the absolute fuck it of this scene. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he. I mean, I don't even know, like, why Walt is so, like, fucked up about all of this. Like, am I the only one that doesn't really understand it? It's like, you're going to live. Why are you so fucked up right now? Am I the only one that doesn't understand this? Well, I think he's like... So he's sort of like behaving like everything he's doing so far is sort of on a like... You know, it's hard. Like he's doing it because he thinks he's going to die any minute. You know, and if he lives with all these things he's done, like that's not exactly in his plans. So that's one thing. Um, yeah. And then, I don't know. Just as, far as, as far as this goes, like, I know some people think it's a great experience, but to me, like, the whole drinking with parents thing is, like, kind of overrated. I mean, I'm, I'm, yeah, I've never drank with my parents. I mean, I'm not a drinker in general. But I've never drank with my parents. So I don't even know whether, like, what that feeling would be. Because I've never done it. I just know that there are parents who try and say that it's a safe spot for them to let their kids drink at home. That's true if you know your kid drinks. It's just like anything else. It's like it's like with sex, right? Like, people try that thing where I'm not going to talk to my kid about sex and then they won't have sex. And then, then they end up having unprotected sex and doing stupid shit because you didn't talk to them about having sex. If you know your kid's been drinking or have been approached to drink or going to be in that environment, you should at least have the conversation with them about yeah, but drinking. The, uh, when parents do that, the thing is, is, is they kids don't tend to drink alone in, in most cases. So it's like, hey, you and your friends can drink here, and that's other people's kids. Oh, I see what you're saying. They let yeah. other they make decisions for other people's parents. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is a safe yeah. space for my kid to drink. So my kid will obviously bring somebody else over to drink because my parents let us drink here. And now you're letting somebody else's kid drink, and it's not your decision to let somebody else's kid drink. That's Plus, very it's true. Like, it's not. It's never like a safe idea to turn your basement into a bar. Mm-hmm. Never. So, it takes a village. So it reminds me of that movie that we saw, Brandon Ma. Oh, that was a great movie. 
get the fuck out of my face. But it was a movie where the <laughs> adult was buying alcohol for the kids so then she could seem cool. And I feel like Walt was making his son drink, A, so then he seemed cool to his son who's looking over at Hank telling this story. But then it became a pissing contest with Hank that would have turned violent. No, it's just he found out that he was going to survive when he did all of this stuff thinking that he was going to die. And now he's on team self-destruction. It would have turned violent if Flynn hadn't thrown up into the pool. Yeah, but like he's on team self-destruction at this point. And the way that he stood up to Hank, the way he's never done that before, he was looking for Hank to do something. Yeah. He literally walked up to this nigga and said, bring the bottle back. Do something, nigga. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think yeah. he under he, he doesn't seem to notice like Hank's got a love for it. Like that you don't often get from in-laws, certainly not your in-laws spouse. Like, because Hank has an unconditional love for it. But Hank also has spent the beginning of this series and probably who knows how much time before now belittling him. Yeah. And making him seem like he's less than a man. Um, so like he's like Hank has been on his it has been on his ass this whole time. Like Hank didn't soften until he found out about the cancer. It was all about making sure that he felt felt as 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 little as as um, as unmasculine as possible in Hank's presence until Hank found out about the cancer. That's when he softened. So this is, I mean, this is probably years and years of this. Like we only saw, we only saw what we've seen since the beginning of the series, but Walt has, has had to deal with this for a very long time. That part I did understand with Walt. I don't know why he was acting like that with Flynn, but I knew he'd been fed up with Hank's ass. For oh yeah. A fucking time. He'd been fed up with that dude. Like I said last episode, every single time that Walt looks at Hank, it's just like you are the dumbest fucking adult. No, there's a, there's a scene later that is like the scene of like you are such a dumbass. That there, there's a scene I, I can't I can't speak on it because it's a spoiler, but it's but there's one scene that happens where he literally tells him the truth and be. Because Hank is Hank, Hank has no reason to actually believe him. And he just kind of brushes it off. And he's just like, you're a dumbass. I literally just told you. Jesse made uh, Wavos Rancheros for Jane. He did the dishes your brain on drugs. I thought that was funny. Yeah, but I mean, he made Wavos Rancheros and those things are always good. I have no idea what Wables Rituals are. Oh, man. So it's like um, excellent with eggs on top and salsa and cheese. And I know that um, James, the only Mexican in the Mass Effect universe, makes some. Oh, okay. In, in, in Mass Effect 3. So Walter wakes up 
hungover and realizes what happened the night before. So he calls Skylar to apologize, and it's a rambling ass apology, and she lets it go to voicemail. So he leaves a rambling ass voicemail, and then he notices that his water heater looks shot. And she's listening to his message, and Ted comes in to the break room, and she tells him about Walter's cancer. Walt goes to Home Depot light and splurges on a tankless water heater and tells the clerk he he plans to install it himself. But he still tells the clerk to keep the change because he earned that bump like a motherfucker. (laughs) That's the best scene in the history of television. (laughs) It is the best scene in the history of television. The kickback. I'm with you. You earned that bump like a motherfucker. Snoop. Um... That I think I think Skills made a song out of that that one clip about the kickback. He made a he made a uh, he made a mixtape called Infamous Quotes, and it's like quotes from like movies and TV shows and shit like that. But yes, there's a song that he made called The Kickback. Rest in peace, Dat Piff. A clip from that scene. Jesse shows Jane some comic superheroes that he drew years earlier. And she's like, they all look like you. You never thought about the psychological ramifications of that? And he's like, no. But then there's a knock at the door, at her door, and she sees that it's her dad, Donald. Um, So she goes out his back door and in the other back door, she could open her front door to greet her father. And while she speaks to him, Jesse walks out of his front door, which is right next to hers, and introduces himself. But Jane acts like he's nothing more than a tenant. She literally drumlines this nigga. Walter shows Flynn the new water heater and lines, and Walter apologized to his son. I was doing it for your dumb ass. I was doing it for A.T. <laughs> I'm sorry. You mentioned drumline. I'm sorry. This is drumline movie who has this, basically the same plot cr- progression as Thor. They're the same movie. What? Drumline and Thor <laughs> are the same movie. Scar has this in his head. Let him explain it to you because it doesn't make sense otherwise. <laughs> you heard this before? I've heard this many times before. It, it's never really latched on for me. What? How does how does this work in a, in in one minute? How does this work, Scar? Super super arrogant dude who doesn't take the advice of of his superiors. Um, keeps pushing shit to extremes until he takes it too far and has everything stripped away from him. And then in the process, he learns a little bit of humility in order for him to get all of his powers back at the end of the movie in order for them to succeed. It's Thor. Oh, that's not bad. I, I might be on Scar's side, Rashani. Uh, I never said I wasn't on his side. It's just every time I hear it, I have to rehear it in order for it to make sense to me. That's all. Like, Every time I hear it, and trust me, I hear it every couple years. Mm-hmm. Anytime anyone mentions either one of those movies, I, I mention this. He yes, does. they're the same movie. He does. Walt apologized to Flynn for the way he acted during the birthday party or during the party. And Flynn's like, yeah, but I kept up with y'all. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> y'all had three shots. I had three shots. <laughs> Until I threw up, though. Then I lost my three shots, but still shots. (laughs) Walt got emotional about that. And that's when he notices that some of the wood near the tank has gotten soft like him. The cat's in the cradle and the silver spoon. Now, remember, 
Junior mentioned this fucking water heater in the very first episode. So this shit has been fucked up this whole time. Mm-hmm. Jesse confronts Jane about how she acted around her father and he cites their relationship. But she says, my dad's a hard ass and um, I'm protecting you because if I had told him that I, that you were a stoner and I was sleeping with you, it wouldn't have gone well. And she, he's like, oh, huh. So you ain't ever been left in the dust? Let me show you what it feels like. And he dips out. And Zoe Saldana is just sitting there looking shocked. You know, she is the person connected to the largest franchises in movie history. She's connected to both of them. Yeah, Avatar and Marvel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... Ted comes into Skylar's office, and while they discuss a client, she starts to cry. And she dismisses it as hormones, but Ted sits down and asks what's going on. And Skylar says the good news about Walter's cancer doesn't feel any different. And he tells her about his father's death and how difficult it is to be the support mechanism for someone who's sick. And he reaches out and takes her hand, and she releases his hand so then she could put something down and get a better grasp on his hand. And Joe came all the way here just so then he could tell me why the fuck Skylar ain't shit. And I figured this is about the episode that that's going to happen. So, Joe, the flow is yours. Okay, so after this party... You know, Walt's kind of on his best behavior in the whole show, basically. Like, like after the party's done, he's turned into, like, just the fix-it guy at his house. You know, so that's all he's doing. Like, that's his narcissistic behavior is fixing his house. And Skyler hates that, even though he's doing his best. So he's damned if he does, damned if he doesn't. But... To play devil's advocate for Skylar here, one thing I'm noticing on this whole watch is you could tell Walt and Skylar love each other, but there's not really evidence that they like each other because you can love someone you don't like. They used to like each other, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, well but- there's... But Skylar's like, the doctor just told you you got this lung disease. And so you think the best idea is to go under your fucking house and and inhale all that bullshit all day long. Yes, because her thing was chill the fuck out, dude. Her thing, since all of this stuff happened, it was like, look, just stay home and rest. Don't do nothing. She even said bonus points if you take a fucking nap. Like she wants to just just chill the fuck out, dude. And he just can't. So I'm 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 with Scholar on this one. Like I said, Scholar is only wrong. I think Ted is the only thing that Scholar is wrong about. Everything else. And he right. was and he was acting like he was almost acting like an addict. Like the way he was like fixing his fucking te- putting that tankless water heater in. And he's trying to explain it to to Walt Jr. And he didn't give a fuck about what, about what he was talking about. I mean, I guess that was like a teenager dad thing there, where mm-hmm. it's just like, yeah, all right, dad. Like, I don't give a shit about fucking tankless water heater that you found so interesting. But he's just in there. Like, he's doing it himself. Like, I didn't know Walt knew how to do all that shit. <laughs> see, the way I see it is, is if, if this was the last episode of the show, 
And it ended with Walt going to Jesse and saying, I can't do what we do anymore because I have to spend the rest of my last years fixing the house for my family. I think Skyler would be almost as disappointed as the audience in something like that. Like if he was to just be the stay at home, fix it. I think, I think Walt and Skylar are in that point in their relationship where they just kind of tolerate each other. Which is a horrible place to be. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, they love each other, but they don't like each other. Yeah. And I think, I think it's mostly because Walt feels like she's too controlling. I mean, even from the very first episode, like it's been like her controlling what he does, what he eats, and all of this kind of stuff was just like, you don't want no veggie bacon? Fuck out of here with this shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this is first episode shit. Like, it's it's a whole thing. It doesn't come, it doesn't come to a head, really, until later. But, like, Walt just kind of, kind of, for the most part, just kind of sucks it up and takes it from her. Because his ego won't let him, his ego won't let him let her go and just do her own thing. Like he has to, he has to still have that, that, that connection with her that they really don't have. I mean, let's be honest. On his birthday, when he had, he had a birthday. She gave him a handy while on her fucking laptop. On the fucking auction <laughs> site. Yeah, that was wow. That was mad. Like not that man like, ain't yeah. that man ain't getting ain't even getting no head on his birthday. That's the day you're supposed to get head. Well, even go back further than that. They tell that story of how they first met, and they first met with Walt faking an interest in one of her interests. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it's just all. I, I, also, you, it feels like she's been pregnant for like seven years. I can't say what I was going to say. Never mind. Sorry. This 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 season the, the all this series series this series does not stretch over a long period of time. I'll just say that. It does yeah, not. I can tell she's still pregnant. <laughs> Yeah, and, and meanwhile, the one that's really pregnant is Marie, and the trickery that they do to hide her pregnancy, especially at the party and shit, is phenomenal. Skylar and Flynn attempt to have breakfast over the noise of Walter's working under the house, and when he surfaces, Skylar asks him if he ever plans to go back to work, and he stuffs a piece of toast in his mouth and says, Skylar, there's rot. There's rot, Skylar. Rot, Skylar. Do you not see the rot? There's rot. He sounds like uh, Tommy Lee Jones, uh, Two Face. He sounds like Cisco talking about the thong. Did you see it, Skylar? That that rot, 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 rot. There's rot. Gonna get a dog. Yeah. It's gonna be a Rottweiler. And he goes back down. Jesse is so fucked up 
from what Just Jane did him. to him that he's sitting in his house smoking some meth. Because it don't take much for a meth head to smoke meth. It looked like he had been off of it for a little while. Yeah, mostly it was just weed. That we did it seen though? Previous, pre, did, did, it seemed, <laughs> it, it did seemed, it though? I mean, what we saw was weed, sure, but did it though? I'm I'm only going for what we know. Yeah, me too. I'm thinking when he got back home from almost dying in the desert, that nigga probably smoked some meth. Yes, because remember. Jesse has all of that meth that they made. Mm-hmm. And also, I want you to keep in mind, like Scar said, the timeline ain't as long as you think it is. <laughs> I would say this nigga's at least a twice a week meth smoker. Likely. Good days are bad. So on this bad day, after Jane didn't introduce him to her daddy, You're a grant, and life is easy. <laughs> I literally am above your pay grade. Sorry, every You're so often. Boy, <laughs> <laughs> that is the greatest monologue in TV history. You're a boy. Yeah, that is the greatest one. <sighs> that that he fucking he. Uh, all of his monologues are fantastic, but the "You're a boy" is. The greatest in TV history. I'm sorry. David, what's his name? Joe Morton? Joe Morton. Joe Morton just plays the fuck out of that role. Remember when um when when Dwayne Wayne tried Dwayne Wade tried to stop his uh wedding and he was like, You're a boy. You're a boy. Don't worry, listeners. We might be back at scandal at some point. (laughs) So As he smoked some meth, a piece of paper slid under his door and Jane drew a superhero she has named Apology Girl. That's the apology. She drew a picture called Apology Girl. Well, they had, but we didn't talk about it, but they went through like superheroes that he, they had created. No, we talked about it, how they all looked like him. And yeah. Did we we talk about that? Yeah, because they were all stupid. Kangaroo guy and. What was that? Reverso and. Rewind O and we okay. talked about it. She was like, You notice they all look just like you, right? And that's when his dad when her dad pulled up. Okay. Oh, so I was tripping. That was me. I know what happened at that point. That was my that's my fault. But near the end of the work day, Skylar, who's still thinking about that hand on her hand, not the hand on her hip. She's literally 1995 at night, I think of you. Touching hands, reaching out. Please don't sing that song. It's such a pervert song. It is. But that's that's what we're talking about. Mm, No, because they're both adults. So she intentionally knocks over a cup to draw Ted into her office, which is when Usher starts playing in the background. You got it. You got it bad. She about to have she about to start having sex with her eyes closed. And you know Ted wants that because you know that pe- pregnant pussy is the best. Pregnant pussy is awesome. It's so freeing. It's, I wouldn't know anything about that. It's amazing. Pregnant pussy is amazing. 
But only if you're in a situation where more often than not you're wearing condoms. Otherwise, it's just weapons free. Pretty much. Walter goes back to the hardware store to get some paint. And while he's there, he spots a guy whose cart contains a whole lot of supplies to cook meth. And Walter's like, nigga, you don't buy all your stuff from the same fucking store. Look, let me help you out, homie. One, buy from the nigga with the lightest snow. Two, don't buy from a nigga that you don't know. Three. The, 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 the weird part about it is he tells him that um, he needs to buy separate matches, not the not uh, matchbooks, mm-hmm. not the matches that he bought, because the red phosphorus that he needs is in the strip and not the actual matches themselves. Mm-hmm. But we've seen from previous, like if you're paying any attention, they got their red phosphorus from flares. Yeah, but he's talking to a meth addict. Yeah, but he, well, he starts off trying to explain it. And then he realized, wait a second. (laughs) Get the fuck out of my territory. (laughs) That shit was funny. Like, he puts his shit down and he walks outside with, like, like, I mean, it's the same, like, how he walked up to, uh, how he walked Mm -hmm. up to Hank. Like, he was just dead set on, no. Real talk, he went out there with straight white-on-white malice on his face. He was ready for all the war. Like, get the fuck out my territory. He almost went out there with a folding chair. Yeah. I love that. I'm watching that video all day. So, anyways, he's like, yeah, get, he's like, get the fuck out my territory. And as he goes out there, the, the guy is freaked out, and he's telling his partner, this big, bulky, muscle-bound motherfucker, that's the guy. That's the guy. And Walt walks up to the big dude, like, stay the fuck out of my territory. And the big guy backs down because he's a meth-head pussy, too. And him and his helper drive off, and that's the end of the episode. Randy, you got anything? No, I'm really liking the show. I. At times, it's very comedic, like much more than I expected. No one told me that it was like funny. But the next two seasons are really good. But yeah, I can see it kind of ramping up. Well, it's gonna ramp up a little bit by the time we get by the time we get to the end of this one. Joe, you got anything? Uh, it's my save for later thing is well there's two of them but one of them's too spoilery to mention but there's the title of this episode yes but it but the title is also tied into the black and white intro yeah and then there's something else like i just can't really talk about it yeah, so the, so keep keep in mind all of the episodes that have the black and white intros. They, um, it's four of them. I'll just say it's four, and it's four reasons. Four reasons. Four. Nine one six six three three one five three seven. Return to Oswald at gmail dot com. Scars on Twitter at Scarfinger. Brand is on Twitter at that cool black nerd. Joe's on Twitter at smoking Joe underscore 37. 
Eight, seven. Eight, seven. And I'm Ratchet Book Club. You can uh, leave a review for the show on Spotify. It takes like 13 seconds. You can also leave a review for the show on Podchaser. Copy and paste that into the Good Pods app and then copy and paste that into the Apple Podcast app. Can't go to Spotify no more. They dead. You can donate to the show with patreon.com slash single simulcast. Why they, they did? did. They shut down. Spotify is no longer as of probably mid to late August. What do you mean, mean they Stitcher? shut down? You're talking about Stitcher. Yeah, Stitcher. Sorry, I said Spotify. Stitcher <laughs> like, is gone. Right. Sorry, yeah. not Spotify. Yeah. Spotify is like, alive and well. Stitcher is dead. My bad. Yeah. The S ones. S P S T. My bad. Um yeah, you could donate to the show on patreon.com slash single simulcast or on buymeacoffee.com slash sscast. Say it loud, Joe. You can buy us a drink. <laughs> you can also go to the Good Pods app and leave a tip in the tip jar. And then just. I love you, man. Thank y'all so much for listening. Thank y'all who have sent in emails talking about how great our show has made y'all feel. I appreciate those, the DMs, the whole nine yards. Um, hit us up on Twitter. We'll hit you back. Or I'm sorry, hit us up on X. I, I might stop through. I don't go as as often as I used to because the shit's fucking stupid. But still, thank y'all so it much for fun. listening. It was mm-hmm. fun yesterday. Right. <laughs> That reminded me of the old days on Twitter. <laughs> Thank y'all so much for listening. We greatly appreciate it. Y'all be good. We're going to holler at you later. Peace. Peace out. Simulcast. Don't know by now that you slipped.